Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Game Time Decisions presents the DFS Lineup Lock Hour, sponsored by DailyRoto.com. Lineup Lock Live. Game Time Decisions, Red Heat and the Rage. Thanks to uh, our guests so far today. Been a great uh, show. Scott K from uh, Bet the Greek uh, joined us, talking about the legalized uh, gaming Supreme Court decision. Uh, we had uh, David Perdum join us from ESPN, one of the top uh, gaming columnists in the industry. As we mentioned, it was a 7-2 Supreme Court decision. And like I told Cam, Supreme Court cases normally generally are 5-4. You know, generally a Supreme Court case is 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 de- so debated that it's, you know, one Supreme Court justice sort of sways things. So 7-2 is a complete route. And I don't know why, you know, Gator, uh, Bader Ginsburg and uh, Sotomayor uh, voted against this, uh, but they'll be on the wrong side of history on this. Uh, let's bring in uh, Matt Mo- uh, Modica right now. Let's talk some baseball. But uh, I know Matt is happy with the Supreme Court decision. Uh, I guess uh, Trump just keeps on making America great, Matt. What can you say? <laughs> all, all we do right now, Gabe, all we do is win. So I'm not getting tired of it. We'll never get tired of winning. I'm ecstatic about the... Supreme Court decision. Uh, I do like to gamble. I don't gamble as much on, you know, being if it's legalized and it's more something I, I can trust, I'll be more apt to do it. Yeah, you know, that's a good point. There's always been that shadow over a lot of people mm-hmm. in the United States and different states that is the book I'm betting with going to get shut down tomorrow, right? Exactly. And the other thing is, too, it's always been tough. Is the book going to pay me? because I don't really have, it's not like I can call the cops on them. You know what I mean? I don't have a legal, there's no legal recourse, right, If in, in that situation. So cleaning up the industry is definitely, definitely going to be a good thing. You know, there, there's no denying that. Yeah, and one more thing, like, it's been about 20 years, but, you know, I used to gamble illegally. And when you could just make a phone call, this is back before, you know, the Internet was so prevalent. You know, phone call, and, you know, you didn't have to put the money up front. It was a lot different then, too. So I think it puts you in a place where you're less apt to get hurt unless they start taking, like, these credit cards, and that gets out of control. Yeah, well, there's still bookies in Las Vegas right now, right? People, yes. <laughs> you know, there's always going to be people who want to bet on credit. You know, that that's the thing. There's you know, Credit is always going to be there. All right, so I'm just looking at the baseball board here tonight, and, I'm looking at uh, looking at the pitchers. I went over the games with Cam a couple of minutes ago. It's kind of a tricky uh, baseball night uh, tonight. I think both from DFS and from betting uh, purposes. Uh, but the biggest the biggest favorite by far tonight are the Cleveland Indians with Carrasco on the hill. And Carrasco has been money, but he's minus 280 tonight. But that's a, that's one of the pitchers that I took tonight. One of my starting pitchers. But Carrasco's just been freaking awesome so far this year, hasn't he? He had, well, that last start is what we really needed to see, that 14-strikeout performance. 
The previous two, I was getting a little concerned that maybe something wasn't 100% right. But if you look at the overall numbers, I, I did a deep dive earlier today. Everything's in line of his past performance. So, uh, I mean, he's the guy I would go with, but you got you to gotta lay some heavy wood. Yeah, yeah, you do. You do. You got to bet if you want to. That's why I like the options of betting and DFS because I can't justify laying minus 280 on the road here with these guys. And I don't really like any of the other baseball games enough, the big favorites, to parlay them with them. And I don't want to lay a run and a half either. So my exposure to this will be I'll have Carrasco uh, as uh, as one of my pitchers. I was talking a couple of minutes ago about about how – Remember Bill Parcell said, you are what your record says you are. Mm-hmm. And that was after eight games into the season. Baseball managers and players have always told me that you sort of are what you are after two months. That that's sort of like, you know, like there's a lot of batting averages that are pretty low right now, Matt. You know, and like guys struggle. and It's like, wow, it's still early. They're slow. They're slow starters. They're slow starters. Once it gets into June, then, then it starts to get serious and it's real. Is this guy just going to have a bad year? We're sort of getting to the border right now. The next two weeks are a big sort of, it's a big uh, crossroad, so to speak, for a lot of players in the league, I think, this uh, coming up in the next couple of weeks. I mean, for some, but I take the overall approach. That the beauty of baseball is that it's that six-month marathon, and especially, like, say, in season-long fantasy, people are always going to take, take that second half to heart more so than that first half. So we're going to see guys that have a bad first half and do what they normally do in that second half, and those numbers tend to even out, and vice versa. You know, guys that are really hot now that are unsustainable, they're going to fade in that second half. Uh, The Arizona Diamondbacks uh, tonight. They got Corbin uh, on the hill. Uh, Milwaukee uh, goes in there with uh, with Guerra tonight. Uh, Arizona gets swept by the Washington Nationals. Um, but they face some pretty good uh, pitchers uh, there. Um, Arizona has been, you know, Arizona has been money for betting purposes. Solid baseball team. As I stated earlier, I don't think the sky is falling on them because they got swept by the Washington Nationals. Last night you saw the, uh, I don't have the hard contact rate percentage in front of me, but, I, you know, this is like uh, trouble with the curve. I'm thinking Eastwood. I can't see, but I can tell. <laughs> like, they hit the ball damn hard last night. You know, there were times... Arizona, like, crushed it, man, but right to the third baseman. Crushed it, but right to the shortstop. Crushed it, but then great catch by, who was it, Adams. Like, you know, it was one thing after another where they were crushing the ball. And then in the other games, we're placing against Strasburg and Scherzer. I think there's going to be a turnaround tonight. I think Arizona's bats come alive tonight against Guerra. Yeah, I'm kind of what you hear. I think the bats come alive, like you said. Getting shut down by Scherzer and Strasburg, there's no shame in that. The thing I'm going to look at this game, though, if I was to bet Arizona, is the concern about Patrick Corbin. I mean, he was really, really successful. He's had a successful season, no doubt. But the success was really highlighted by throwing the fastball less than 50% of the time. The slider percentage was high 30s, low 40s. The last couple of outings, that's changed. He's relying more on the fastball, but the fastball's been down a couple of miles an hour, like two, three miles an hour. So I think that you have to pay attention to, and it has to be a concern for this game tonight. Uh, Looking, you know, so I got Carrasco as one of my pitchers, and we'll get to our our DK lineup uh, a little bit later on. But looking at the other pitchers uh, here this evening, 
It's an interesting pitching uh, slate tonight. Specifically, I'm curious at what your take is on this. I'm sure you've already thought about it and discussed it earlier in the day. You've got Shamanaya, who's facing a team that he just no hit a couple of starts ago. It's kind of rare that you have these quick turnarounds, especially with a team that, well, listen, no hitters are kind of rare, even though there's been three of them, but that a, a guy's going to get a no-hitter and then that team gets an opportunity to see the same guy basically a week and a half later. Pretty quick turnaround here. This time it's at Fenway. How do you think this plays out uh, tonight stylistically? Uh, I think I, I would take Boston here. Uh, I'm a Sean Maniah fan. I don't think he's as good as he's been. Look, the, you know, the, the first six starts, whatever, the BABIP, the left on, the, uh, left on base percentage, was, uh, you know, the, the regression guards were going to come calling and the last two starts they have. Now, you got Porcello, who's pitching kind of like 2016, and, you know, he's doing a lot of things with his usage that looks really good. So, I don't know. For me, I'm going to stay away from Manaya. I'm going to go Boston here. Um, Heaney's on the hill tonight. McCullers has been rock solid. Uh, McCullers has had a great uh, year. It's a short price uh, for the Houston Astros tonight. They're minus 125 uh, favorites. I was looking at McCullers, but I can't afford both Carrasco and McCullers. So the second pitcher I ended up uh, going with here, and generally I don't associate success in anybody with San Diego, uh, but, um, you know, Lucchesi, man, this guy, he is a strikeout monster. Colorado do strike out a lot. What's your take on uh, Lucchesi's stuff so far? I really like it. I mean, he's a friend of ours, uh, Joe Chasey. So he's done some really nice things this year. The control is the well, one. You guys, it was every every Italian know each other. Yeah, everyone knows each other, right? Pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> uh, but he, you know, he's done a lot of really good things. A lot of things that are supported. The one thing that I have the concern with the starts is is the control gonna? You know, if he doesn't have his control, which is yeah. an issue. That's where you can get in trouble, but I do like him here tonight. Yeah, it's not the greatest baseball board uh, here uh, this evening. Uh, you know, Robinson Cano is out uh, tonight. You got Seattle and uh, Minnesota, uh, Arizona looking to get back on track. The Dodgers aren't playing tonight, but man, me and Cam talked about them. Dodgers, real, real money burner so far. What's your, you know, what, 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 what's the Dodgers' biggest problem? Uh, is uh, from what you've seen so far this year. Why are they losing baseball games as much as they have? Uh, Seems I mean, to be like a little bit of everything. Like their bullpen's not as good. They don't hit. <laughs> yeah. To me, I'm a Dodgers fan. The number one thing, and it's been a problem for years, and I remember a couple of years of left-handed pitching, uh, you know, getting problems, etc. But to me, the biggest problem they have is runners in scoring position, Matt. Like, the Dodgers routinely load the bases. The Dodgers routinely have first and third on with one out or nobody out, and they really don't ever get anything to show for it, and it's a common pattern with these guys. That's my opinion. What do you see? You know, I, just going off of your opinion, I think you're right here, but there's been one key piece missing from this lineup, and that's Justin Turner, and he should be back. Yep. And I think that's really going to help solidify this lineup uh, Bellinger really hasn't gotten on fire. I think he's a talent here, too. I think it's a much better lineup than they've showed the first six weeks or so of the season. I know it's not, you know, April 15th. You know, we're looking more towards May 15th now. But I think there's plenty of time for this team. If Kershaw only has this, say, if this bicep injury is something, you know, mild, not very concerning, and he's back in the next week or so, 
and he's, say, fully healthy. Maybe that's been the problem with him, why the velocity was down. You get him back. This kid Buell looks like the real thing. And this possibility of getting a Chris Archer, uh, a Manny Machado trade, these are real possibilities for the Dodgers. They are stacked in the farm system. They have money. So I, I wouldn't. I know a lot of people are counting them out. I don't think the Dodgers are dead yet. I agree with you. You look at last year, they were an erratic baseball team last year. Remember, they started out, they were struggling. Um, and, and same thing right around now. They were slow. Puig was slow. Everyone was slow out of the gate. They were struggling. And then, boom, they went like 45 and 6 or something like that in a 51-game stretch, whatever the hell it was. And then they lost again. Remember the, last year, the Dodgers guys were the only team in Major League Baseball history to win 15 games or more in a season and lose, have a 15-game winning streak or more and a 15-game losing streak or more. It's absolutely insane. Uh, the roller coaster, I expect same with you. I think the Dodgers, you know, it's going to have to happen soon just, you know, because of the morale situation here. And you mentioned it. Turner is such a big part of that. Kershaw's being out. Uh, but... You know, the division's not as easy as it's been in past years, man. You know, Arizona's a good team. Colorado's a decent team. Yeah, no, that that's true. And I'm still really worried about Kelly Jansen. Uh, he's not getting the strikeouts and stuff. And every yeah. time he comes in, it used to be like, you know, this was a done deal, three outs. Where, you know, I'm every time he goes in, I don't know what to expect. And I do think there is something wrong with him. You know, I've got... Um, I go over the Major League Baseball trends of the day often, Matt, and you're a numbers guy, so some of these are very interesting and uh, obscure ones. So the Red Sox are 10-0 and 0 straight up since August the 9th, 2017, as a favorite after a win as a road favorite in which they never trailed in a baseball game. So they're 10-0 and 0 in this uh, situation. How about this one? The Atlanta Braves are 0-15 since July 2nd, 2005, as an underdog, a plus 140 or more off a game as a favorite in which they allowed six or fewer hits. <laughs> yeah, now it's like, yeah, you know, what's the next trend? And when 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 they're wearing, you know, blue socks compared to white socks, uh, uh, I guess well, we're getting to. I mean, I'll say this for today's game. The Braves were lucky to manage it about that game for them. How he didn't have anybody warming up in that bullpen. Bases loaded in the ninth inning, and, you know, it's like he's going to give that one away for a second there. Braves have been quite the story this year, though, huh? Oh, no, they have. That young pitching, I mean, Sean Newcomb is becoming one of my favorite young pitchers to watch. Uh, Fulton Evitz, uh is starting, you know, he's having a really good year. This kid Soroka they called up. I don't think he's going to be fantastic, but I think he's going to be a real solid arm for them. So, you know, watch out for the Braves. They are really going to give, uh, I think they give Washington a run for the money. My Mets, unfortunately, will not. Here's um, uh, here's the uh, Major League Baseball Bible uh, trend of the day. The Tigers are 1-25 straight up as a home underdog off a home game in which they had fewer left on base uh, men than their opponent. If they left fewer uh, men on base than their opponent. Some weird, you know, random stats. I got to tell you, Matt, I've followed some of these trends and stats every time I've lost. (laughs) (laughs) 
You know, I mean, if you're looking for there was a Red Sox one. There was a Red Sox one a couple of weeks ago. It was 34 and 0. <laughs> like the Red Sox were like 22 and 0 and not giving up eight hits or blah 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 blah. And he, the team they were playing were like 0 and 15. It was a combination of 34 and 0. And of course, the Red Sox lost that day. Yeah, and I guess if you're looking for a stat to bet Cleveland tonight, lay that wood. That one in 25 is some way to talk yourself into it. Yeah, I don't. I don't need the stat. Detroit sucked. There's the professional analysis. <laughs> Carrasco actually pitched a complete game against these guys already this year. You know, yeah, so I, I think I think Carrasco's gonna have some good stuff here. Yeah, I think I think Carrasco shuts him down. I just don't. Me and Cam talked about it. We don't like laying a run and a half. Uh, we don't like laying a run and a half. Um, with with a road team, you don't get that last at bat, right? And the other team gets that last crack. So, you know, from from a gambling perspective, it's tough to lay the run and a half there. But yeah, I'd stay away I'm, from the San Francisco Cincinnati game. <laughs> that don't look too appetizing. Yeah, man. I know that's the thing. We're not forced to bet on every game. Like I actually gave myself a headache earlier. I'm like, can I trust Stratton here? Or like, are the Reds hot after beating the Dodgers? I don't know with Roboto, but I'll say one thing about tonight's thing: Houston is excellent. Has been excellent hitters on the road this year, as opposed to home. If you're looking for something that way, McCullers has been a stud too. You're a stud as well, Matt. You're a stud as well. Thanks for the time, Matt. Have a good one. Thanks for having me, Matt Modica. We'll give you our baseball lineup on the other side. Playing daily fantasy basketball this year? Consider Daily Roto your go-to resource. Whether you play on DraftKings or FanDuel, Daily Roto's customizable projections, podcasts, strategy guides, and lineup optimizer will help you compete with the pros in a fraction of the time. With a team featuring millionaire maker winners and live final champions, there's no better place to get your NBA DFS content. Better yet, you can save 10% using the promo code FNTSY. So go to dailyroto.com slash premium and learn more about our awesome product. Thanks to Matt Bodica for joining us. Now let's get down to business. Talking about Carlos Carrasco, 14 strikeouts in his last uh, start. He had a complete game earlier this year against uh, the Detroit uh, Tigers, uh, just uh, three hits. Really, there's not a lot not to like about uh, Carrasco in this spot tonight. The price is uh, expensive. Um, you know, he got racked uh, up by uh, Toronto. Toronto, uh, you know, that's going to happen. He got uh, he gave up four runs uh, against uh, Seattle. But uh, as uh, Matt uh, noted, the long-term uh, future for Carrasco is strong. I think uh, the strikeout opportunity is going to be here uh, this evening. Uh, no reason why he doesn't. Uh, what did he put up? I think it was 30, 33 DK points the last time uh, against Detroit. What was it? Yeah, 33.8. Uh, complete game, 33.8, three hits. Uh, just six uh, strikeouts in that uh, in that uh, baseball game. Uh, but uh, still put up uh, 33 DK points. I think that's the go-to uh, pitcher here this evening. Now, as far as... Uh, Lucchese is concerned. You know, it's the distance, as, as Matt noted, the the control is going to be an issue. And you're not talking about a guy that's going to be giving you eight innings or anything like that, right? You're going to get five, six innings, and hopefully you can rack up eight, nine strikeouts uh, in this span. 
Uh, you know, I got to start, and I talked about this, about learning to trust the computer generators and the projections and the numbers, but, uh, you know, he comes up in, in a lot of projections as sort of being that value guy uh, of the night uh, here this evening. So, speaking of Cleveland, we pretty much stacked the Cleveland Indians uh, here tonight. Man, we got Yonder Alonzo, 6 for 14, uh, two doubles, three runs uh, scored, uh, three uh, three RBIs against uh, Fires. Uh, no reason Alonzo doesn't keep uh, this going here uh, this evening. Uh, we're going uh, with the Kip. Uh, Kip Hennis, we're going with uh, Kip here. Cheap uh, cheap option here uh, tonight in the Tribe uh, stack. I wanted uh, I wanted Ramirez, uh, too, but $5,000 just a little bit uh, too much. So we have to go with Daniel Descalo here tonight. I think he's in a good spot against uh, Junior Guerra, uh, Guerra here tonight. I like Arizona to get back on track. Uh, Descalo's got a 371 Woba uh, versus righties. Cheap price uh, here tonight. Can uh, fit him into the lineup because we've got a couple of uh, heavy bats uh, in here, including Francisco Lindor, uh, one of the hottest guys in Major League Baseball uh, right now. A 14-game hitting streak. Eight home runs. Dude's hitting 476, man, over the last uh, 14 games. Uh, you know those uh, those are pretty good uh, numbers uh, right there. And as we stated, we're stacking we're stacking the uh, Cleveland Indians uh, this evening, or at least as many of them as I could. I wanted to get Brantley in here tonight too, uh, but I couldn't afford it. Uh, David Peralta, uh, we're gonna go with David Peralta here this evening. We talked about it. The Arizona bats, Arizona hit the ball hard last night. All right, Arizona placed they they, they faced Strasburg. They took on they took on Max Scherzer. Not, um, you know, not easy assignments uh, for them. Last night, Hellickson got hit hard. They just didn't have any luck. And uh, late in the baseball game, they were smacking the baseball, and they didn't have any luck, pretty much because me and Cam bet on them, uh, I believe. Uh, so I, I think the Arizona Diamondbacks going to put some runs up on the board uh, here this evening. So uh, we're going with David Peralta uh, here in the outfield. Nelson Cruz. Nelson Cruz. Nelson Cruz is a player we don't take uh, enough, I think. But Cruz has some nice uh, numbers here against Odorizzi. Seven, uh, seven for 20 in his career. He's got a home run against uh, Odorizzi. We're going to take uh, Nelson Cruz in this uh, spot. And uh, we're going to go with the Fonz, man. Henry, uh, you know, it's not Henry Winkler, is it? But uh, Winker, uh, a projected pick uh, here. He's projected to put up like 9.4 DK points. He's an option. He's, you know, he's a good player, not great, like George Bush's memoirs, good, not great. But he does have 28 DK points in his last uh, four games, taking on Stratton uh, tonight. Uh, Reds are hot right now. And, uh, you know, really the dude's averaging seven DK points a game. He's projected to put up nine points a game for the for his salary. I think uh, he's a nice uh, fill-in. And like I said, I'm trusting the optics here. Check it out over at Daily Roto. Uh, dot com and uh, they also have line uh, lineup uh, optimizers so uh, check that stuff uh, out dailyroto.com it's one dollar month uh, man one dollar month uh this month and we're not even at the halfway point of the month yet it's still worth it it'd be worth it if it was for like one day uh for the dollar so uh, right now check it out over at dailyroto.com just use promo code one dollar you get all the big boy uh, access, projections, lineups, chats, and all that stuff uh, for $1. So our lineup tonight is Carrasco, um, Gaddis. 
Uh, we're going with Evan Gaddis uh, here tonight, too. This dude's on fire, although I'm always a little bit concerned. Uh, I skipped over uh, when we were talking about the pitching. I, um, I'm i always a little concerned when a guy has hit two home runs in the last two games, but he's hot right now, and if he, you know, Haney throws hard, man. I like the Houston Astros here this evening. The catcher spot isn't the uh, the deepest uh, one here. Uh, so we're going with, uh, we got Gaddis uh, tonight uh, as well. We'll get to the basketball momentarily. Now, the last couple of days, just by chance, Cam's been gone on the Monday, and he's been gone on on uh, on Monday, and he's been gone on, on Fridays. But Cam will be in at 6 o'clock uh, for the rest of the week. And starting this week as well, we're going to start uh, bringing in some uh, baseball DFS experts, a, uh, a rotation um, starting later in the week. We look forward to that. God knows we could use the help here. Like baseball, I have a hard enough time picking winners in baseball, you know, betting on baseball. But like I said, I really do enjoy, I enjoy the DFS stuff because it really does help me with my baseball betting. I've been a better baseball better since I've been on the Fantasy Sports Network, thanks to guys like Matt Modica and uh, and Al, who's on before us. As, you know, the projections of the players obviously translates to the projections into the games uh, and to the teams uh, as well. I want to confirm uh, that everybody's in my freaking lineup. As we talked about earlier... <laughs> Like Evan Gaddis is a good example. We don't see uh we don't see a check mark. We're not seeing a check mark. We need to be verified. The thing that's so freaking frustrating, man, about this stuff. And like I said, it's tough for me. i got to make these lineups earlier in the day. If you're wondering, well, why would you put them in a the lineup? Well, I had to make the lineup, uh, like, obviously before the show starts, which is earlier in the day. And, you know, there are projected lineups, but, uh, yeah, we've got to bump. we got to bump them. Everybody else is a good uh, – everyone else is a go. Gaddis is out. We've only got $32 uh, remaining, 3200 Want to go with Lucroy or Hicks? I don't want Hicks against Carrasco. Lucroy, it is. Lucroy, you're in. All right, so uh, we got uh, we got some basketball tonight, and what should be some fun uh, basketball as well. You know, the thing with the NBA is they take forever to play these damn games and they stretch it out forever. As These guys aren't going to be playing again until uh, Thursday night. Like, they really stretch this crap uh, out. Um, so, uh, the Golden State Warriors getting a point and a half tonight against the Houston Rockets. And we talked about it earlier. They both have identical records in the playoffs so far. They're both 8-2. and two. Point spread-wise, you know, this doesn't really mean anything. I mean, the Houston Rockets were double-digit favorites for the most part against the Minnesota Timberwolves on their home court. 
they were double-digit favorites, or at least in the high numbers, you know, the nine and a half, so the eight and a half, nine and a half, et cetera, against the Utah Jazz. So it's not really fair to judge the point spread that numbers here. You know, you look at this game tonight, it's a pretty simple handicap in the sense that who do you think is going to win the game? You know, who do you think is going to win this basketball game tonight? The Houston Rockets have been a dominant home team uh, this year. The Golden State Warriors don't, you know, they're not used to opening up a playoff series on the road yet. I really don't think that phases Golden State, to be honest. And I think it almost puts Golden State in an advantage right now. Golden State's going to get a split here in Houston. And, yeah, I wouldn't, you know, they could win both games. I doubt they lose both, but they might. We'll see if Houston is for real, as some people think they are. But, you know, it's sort of like in baseball. You know, you've got, like, the five-game series is in baseball in the playoffs. The team with home field advantage actually gets screwed. You know, you lose one of those games, suddenly the series is 1-1, and you're going back, you know, you're going back, uh, you know, to the other team's stadium, and suddenly your home field and your great season sucks because you could actually lose the series. Houston really do need to win both these basketball games. You know, Golden State wins these, you know, Golden State wins one of these games. They go back to Golden State. They nail down both wins. Suddenly, Houston's down 3-1 and it's over. Now, the, the Toronto Raptors have been heavily criticized by many, including myself, over the last week and a half or so. Yet, I brought this up, man. The fact of the matter is, only 10 teams in the last 37 freaking years have won an NBA championship. All right? And... You know, the Houston Rockets, you know, they, they're one of these teams, but that was with Akeem Olajuwon. They don't have Akeem Olajuwon right now. The Houston Rockets, Chris Paul, this is as far as Chris Paul has ever been in his NBA career into the playoffs. Chris Paul has never been known as a playoff slayer. You know, he's a, he's a regular season guy. James Harden has has had a lot of problems in the playoffs, turning the ball over, bad decisions, late in basketball games. Now, Harden really has matured as a basketball player over the past uh, couple of years. I, You know, there's no denying that. And, you know, the dude is an offensive monster. But ultimately, I don't believe that the Houston Rockets have the postseason pedigree. I don't think they have the depth to... Um, to beat the Golden State Warriors in this series. This is a massive basketball game tonight. I don't like hyping up game ones of series is because, you know, whoever wins and loses this game tonight isn't done in this series by any stretch of the imagination, but it really is going to set the, the pace here. It really does just sort of set the table. You know, we talked about it, but, you know, you look at the Toronto Raptors. Raptors were up in game one against the Cleveland Cavaliers. They were leading. They were up by like 15, 16 points at one point. You know, they were in control. There was like four or five minutes left, and the Raptors were up by eight or nine still. You know, like the, the lead just sort of vanished late, and they ended up losing the game, and they ended up getting swept. Now, we don't live uh, in a land of if, ends, and buts. We're candies and nuts. But what if the Toronto Raptors would have won that first game? Suddenly, DeMar DeRozan's confidence isn't shot. You know, suddenly, you know, it's a completely different dynamic. So while we can't over, we can't overhype how important a game one is, 
we also can't discount it as far as what it means to set the um, to set the tempo of the series here. Listen, Houston have home court here. People have been talking all year about how they think the Houston Rockets are going to be able to knock off the Golden State Warriors. Well, now, you know, be careful what you wish for. You've got them. And I think the fact, actually, to be honest with you, that the Warriors are on the road really just gets the Golden State Warriors' attention. Not that, you know, their attention is needed already, but I'm expecting a focused Golden State Warrior team tonight. I don't think they're going to show up and say, well, whatever, we can lose this game on the road. Normally, the Golden State Warriors have that luxury because normally the Golden State Warriors have home court. They don't. The Warriors know they need to nail down one of these two games. 9.05 tip-off. Rockets are one-and-a-half-point favorites. Total has come down a little bit to 224-and-a-half. Now, the inclination is, and I'm an, I'm an over player. Like Cam said, you're an over player. But I'm not, I didn't post the over of this game. I'm, you know, this is why they have live in-game. This is why they have live uh, in-game uh, betting. But I'll tell you what, the numbers and the trends, they all, they're heavily to the under. The Houston Rockets have been an under machine. They've been an under machine uh, in in the playoffs. So the last, uh, listen, this is between the two of them. Now, for the record, if you want to get into the numbers, the Golden State Warriors have won 15. They're 15 and 5 the last 20 times they played against the Houston Rockets. They're actually 8 and 3 at the Toyota Center. This is sort of like the, this version of the Warriors over the last three years, etc. But what's interesting, actually, so we talk about the last 20 times that these two teams have played. And remember, they played in the playoffs a couple of years ago, right? And they were essentially the same teams. Chris Paul wasn't there, but whatever. The same, same teams. Because the totals are so damn high. The under is 13-7. and seven. The last 20 times that the, the Houston Rockets and the Golden State Warriors have played each other, it's gone under 13 out of 20 times. And in the 10 playoff games that they've played, they play two. They play two times in the playoffs. In the ten playoff games they played, it's eight and two to the under. Eight and two to the under. You know, defense is going to have to be a key here for both teams. It isn't. This isn't the NBA All Star Game. Yeah, you know, we're talking about Game One of the Western Conference Finals. Both teams need to sort of set the pace. And let the other team know, we're not just going to let you, you know, set up and bomb three-point shots here. I'm not telling people to take the under. Like, but me personally, I've been burnt a lot on this. I've been pretty good. Like, normally I'm a big total better, but this is where my degenerate gambler dumb plays against me. In that a lot of games, I'll like a side and then I'll force the total. You know, to sort of try to get action on both sides here and try to go 2-0. You know, yesterday was different. I like that Celtic. Uh, I like the Celtic Cavalier game to go over the number yesterday. And, you know, I ended up getting on the Boston Celtics, but I ended up sweeping the game. Splits kind of suck. So I do like the Golden State Warriors tonight, but 
I don't really want to lay. I don't want to play the 225. That's why we got in-game betting. We'll see the tempo. We'll see how it's going. And maybe, we, you know, if it's slow, we can get an in-game over 215 or something like that. You don't have to click uh, before every game starts. We welcome mybookie.ag back to the fold here. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Lineup Lock Live. Fantasy Sports Radio Network. As we mentioned, mybookie.ag. Uh, Tired of losing your money on DFS when 75% of your lineup uh, performs? It's about time you tried out mybookie.ag, the prop builder. Man, I know all about the prop builder. Prop builder is great stuff. A new player prop uh, tool allows you to avoid uh, Sharks winning 90% of the money in DFS while still getting a high payout with his parlay capabilities. Invest in the players you want without salary caps. Forget having to create multiple lineups. Ditch the hassle of dealing with late scratches. Check out mybookie.ag. Open up a new account. Enter the promo code GTD. And as we stated, if you enjoy this show, um, you know, join my bookie, give it a spin. We're not telling you to put five thousand uh, dollars in, but if you enjoy this show and the other programming on the Fantasy Sports uh, Radio Network, the best way to do it is to support the uh, the sponsors through these promo codes, so these companies see uh, that advertising and uh, and sponsoring these shows actually has a an investment and a return uh, for them. All right, so uh, sign up over at mybookie.ag. Uh, don't be a loser. I like this. Don't be a loser and eat DFS chalk. We're playing DFS rake. Be a winner. Play mybookie.ag, the prop builder. Plus, you can access the one sport uh, that uh, there is no DFS uh, for right now. The sport of kings, horse racing. Uh, so go to mybookie.ag, enter the promo code GTD, and get a 50% uh, sign-up uh, bonus. Mybookie.ag. Promo code GTD. It's Dynamite GTD. Man, the sports sites are going crazy today uh, with the news of uh, of the sports uh, the sports gambling uh, being uh, regulated. I see that there are many many other states uh, that are currently um, currently in the process. Currently in the process of uh, of doing what uh, New Jersey is going to do, including New York, including New York. You know, you have to wonder with the state of New York, 
you know, if New Jersey is going to have legalized sports betting and New Jersey has recreational marijuana, you know, really? Do you really want, like, the Jersey side of things to be, like, where the party is at? <laughs> that, that's, you know, like, Jersey's more happening. You got legalized sports betting and legalized weed. Now, if you're wondering about your state and is this is legalized gambling going to be coming to your state, you know, eventually I would imagine yes, unless you're in like a hardcore Bible Belt state uh, right now. Uh, but the states that are pretty much like aggressive on this, obviously New Jersey. So, you know, I imagine Monmouth, they're going to start Monmouth Racetrack, who we've had an affiliation with here at the Fantasy Sports Network. I imagine Monmouth is going to be taking sports bets in a couple of weeks. Uh, you know, maybe a week, within two weeks, I'm hearing uh, they're going to be up and running, and it'll be good for them to sort of get the kinks out and, you know, get up and running in time for football season. Delaware. Now, the state of Delaware has already, Delaware has the same laws as uh, Canada has. You can you can bet on sports in Delaware right now, but you have to play parlays. Uh, and it's it's run by the, the state of Delaware, similar to Canadian uh, gambling law, in which you can bet at the corner store, actually, in Canada. So you can go, you know, like to 7-Eleven, you walk into a 7-Eleven, you can bet on a hockey game. But you've got to play three options. So you got to play the side, the total, and you, know, you got to mix it up. And it's kind of frustrating because they'll pay you five to one back for the three-team parlay. Like for NFL football, you get paid back five to one. Yeah, that's five to one, including your stakes. So suddenly it's really four to one when most of the offshore books are going to pay you six or seven to one. Right. But the the plus side of the Canadian lottery system and would be Delaware as well is you play a ticket. You know, you're not waiting to get paid online. You're just going to the corner store in the morning and getting paid. You go to any corner store and, and get paid the next morning, which isn't bad. So if you're wondering about, like, all right, what's the deal with your state and are you going to be getting sports gambling sooner rather than later? The states that are pretty much aggressive on this, Delaware. So New Jersey's going to start gambling in a couple of weeks. Delaware won't be far behind. Delaware won't be uh, far behind uh, because they've already embraced this. So they don't have to diddle around with a bunch of jerk-off politicians that – you know, we'll have to have council meetings and all this type of stuff. They already know what they're getting themselves into. They're going to be ready to go. Um, but the six the six other states that are, they've already enabled legislation to legalize sports betting. The states are Connecticut, which makes sense. Connecticut, you know, very competitive market, obviously next to New York. Many just rich New Yorkers live in Connecticut. Um. Connecticut has a lot of casinos, too. The Mohegan Sun and uh, and Foxwoods, etc. So Connecticut doesn't surprise me. The state of New York. The state of New York, you know, it just somewhat surprised me, only because they seem to be slower than New Jersey, uh, as we see with the uh, recreational marijuana as well. But the state of New York has enacted legislation to legalize sports betting. New Jersey, obviously, who uh, can be thanked. And congratulations to uh, Senator, former Senator Ray Lesniak, and uh, to uh, to Governor Chris Christie 
former uh, Governor Chris Christie, a friend of the uh, the Fantasy Sports uh, Radio Network as well, and Chris Carton, Craig, uh, Chris, uh, Chris Carton, Chris Christie, and Craig Carton. Um, you know that, that shows what like when politicians aren't wasting each other's time with like uh, a bunch of crap, uh, what can be done. You know, Lesniak, Democrat, Christie, Republican, both you know knew that sports betting is just a no-brainer. And it would be good for the state of New Jersey. So we just want to applaud the uh, the politicians for once for actually getting something positive done. Uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, Pennsylvania. West Virginia. I got to tell you, man, West Virginia is starting to kick my ass a bit here. West Virginia is starting to get a lot more um, <laughs> a lot more progressive than people give them credit for. I'm telling you, West Virginia just needs to legalize recreational marijuana. And then I'm coming, West Virginia. I'm coming. Because I know West Virginia, I saw this. I knew you guys wanted sports betting, and you were excited about this. Uh, you know, I remember uh, West Virginia has been talking about how they're going to they're gonna have sports betting. And West Virginia serves alcohol at West Virginia Mountaineer football games. Not all universities serve booze. They're allowed to. It's up to the school and the conference, etc. Um, like, there's no rule by the NCAA that says you can't serve alcohol at an NCAA event. But uh, I think there might be if it's on the campus type of deal. But even then, I think it's it's up to the school. Um, so West Virginia is going to have sports betting. You can get drunk at their games. All it's missing is recreational wheat. I'm going to hook up with Benny Ricciardi. If you're out there, Benny, we'll go down to West Virginia. And Mississippi, Mississippi surprises me a little bit. We were, you know, we were talking about, I don't you know, we wonder if like, is Alabama really going to legalize sports betting? Um, as David Perdue brought it up earlier, ESPN's David Perdue was with us. He said that uh, Louisiana is already on the record is saying we're not going to do this. Uh, that sports betting will not be coming to Louisiana. Like why? You guys already have Mardi Gras. Like, you got a bunch of wasted people celebrating. Like, why wouldn't you just have sports betting as well? Like, I don't understand that. Like, to me, that's just so baffling when you consider Louisiana, specifically New Orleans, is known for just sort of being free and and very progressive. But, you know, the two descending Supreme Court justices that voted against this were both liberals, right? So, you know, the, the you can't judge book by its cover in politics and in this stuff. Now, listen, I've been to Mississippi before, and, you know, I got to tell you, Mississippi was um, was a pleasurable place to, to check out. I mean, listen, it's not Manhattan. It's not downtown Toronto. It's not Las Vegas. You know, it's different. You know, the the scenery is different, but the people are very, very nice. The people are very, like, the whole Southern hospitality thing actually is true, the people are very nice. I went to a Mississippi State football game against LSU, actually. And that would be a nice option to have sports gambling on the riverboat casinos. And, you know, I don't know. Like, you know, this is, it's a big deal to everyone, this. To me, it's just, it's kind of stupid that it is, that it's even a story. It's like, yeah, whatever. You know, like I said, I've been betting, you know, you can, you can bet at a corner store for years, for the last, like, 30 years, literally. So... It's it's you know, about time. We'll put it that way. But better late than never. And 
as I tweeted earlier, it's amazing how far we've come from it being a big deal with Al Michaels. Al Michaels referencing a point spread. Well, we saw 7-2. Now we're seeing 6-3. It seems to be updated. Fake news. Unbelievable. I like the mainstream news. Like earlier, I swear to God, like earlier there were news reports in which it said it was a 7-2 decision. Now they're saying uh, it was uh, 6-3. Stephen Breyer also dissented. Ginsburg wrote uh, for the three that when a portion of a law violates the Constitution, the court ordinarily uh, engages in a salvage rather than a demolition operation. She said she said that instead of using a scalpel to trim the statute, her colleagues used an axe to cut the remainder down. Yeah, whatever. You know, that's the thing. I mean, you know, these these Supreme Court justices just sit around arguing about semantics and stuff. Ooh, about the law and the Constitution, this. Instead of just looking at it from a business uh, standpoint. But, you know, even though this is not, like I said earlier, like Leslie Axe, a Democrat, and uh, Chris Christie, who is, you know, very, very aggressive in this, is a Republican, obviously. So this isn't a, a um, it's not a partisan issue. But the fact, you know, the fact remains, you know, Donald Trump will somewhat get, will somewhat benefit from this and get credit for this simply because, listen, people don't really care about facts anyways, right? But he's the president while sports betting was just legalized. And even though, like, the the wheels were set in motion long before Donald Trump even thought about uh, running for president. For the record, when Donald Trump was a casino owner in New Jersey, he did want legalized sports betting. He did ask for it. So, like, politically, I sort of expected this to pass because I think the current administration actually wanted it uh, to pass. And I think rightfully so. And where it helps Donald Trump in this is that this is more jobs. You know, it's more jobs. It's more business. It's more money. I, you know, people, you know, I just, I don't think people can really gauge just how big of of a market sports betting actually can be. And, you know, we're talking about suddenly now Monmouth Racetrack, man. They're going to, people are going to be working overtime. We're going to have to hire some new ticket takers come NFL season. Imagine the Jets and the Giants, all the people waiting in line uh, to get bets in. Suddenly taxi drivers, hell, Uber, taxi, whatever. People, I got to get to the, uh, I got to get to the racetrack. I got to get to the the sport book in the casino, to get to, to get to bet it. And then eventually, you know, you know, it'll be mobile actually, and it'll wipe all that stuff out. <laughs> Te- technology goes both ways, right? Nobody actually wants to go anywhere, and then they complain when the mom and pop places close. It's like, wow, you're the one ordering online, like you know, you're the one playing on the mobile app. You wonder why. Uh, you wonder why the casino closed. It's going to take a couple of years for all of this to settle in. It's going to it's going to take a couple of years for all of this to uh, to to settle in, and we'll see where the dust uh, settles. But you know, 
like I said earlier, this this the legalization of sports gambling, it's not marijuana. It's not weed. You know, everybody smokes weed. You know, weed really, really, really infused a lot of money into the state of Colorado, and it infuses a lot of money into other states. You know, like we said, sports sports gambling is generally, you know, three to five percent of a casino's overall handle, right? Like sports betting is big, and yeah, there were four billion dollars bet, four point eight billion dollars bet in Nevada last year. But, you know, how much other was bet on Baccarat and Blackjack and slots, etc.? Sports is just a drop in a bucket, man. It's like dropping a penny off the Titanic, you know, ultimately. But, it, you know, the sports betting is, it's sort of like, uh, you know, it gets you in a building, right? That's the way the casinos look at sports betting. It's like, well, you're gonna go, you're, are you going to go all the way to the racetrack just to, uh, just to place your bet? And are you going to go home after? No, you'll probably hang around, maybe watch the game there so you can cash your ticket after the game. And then when you're watching the game, you're going to have some drinks and uh, you're going to eat something. And then uh, if you get drunk, you'll maybe you'll uh, you'll walk over and start playing the slots and stuff. Right. Like there's a domino effect like that's, you know, that's what they're hoping in sportsbook uh, guys do in Vegas. They hope that you collect your money and they just pray that you don't walk out the door right after and you go sit down at the tables. Right, they've got you in the building because there's so much competition. But like we said with Purdue, what I like about this, listen, I was betting yesterday and I'll be betting tomorrow. I was betting 22 years ago and I'll be betting 22 years from now if I'm alive. Right, so this this doesn't really change all that much. But what I like about it is, is from a competition standpoint, like I stated earlier, the Vegas sports books don't really treat the customers very good. I think now they're going to have to. There's actually competition for them now. There's, you know, now, now they're going to have to show the sports, uh, you know, the better little bit of respect. You know, now before it was like, screw you. What are you going to do? You just came all the way from, you know, California or Arizona to place this bet. So we're going to treat you like crap. You're not going to leave. Now it's like, wow, you know, more competition and options is always better. Thanks, Mike Florio. Thanks, David Perdue. Thanks, Scott K. Cam Stewart. Scout Radio. Rowan is coming up. Happy sports betting day, everybody.